Naturally, it has been a gala week for the London wife and mother. She has taken her patronage first to one establishment, then to another, securing bargains and getting concerts and various other entertainments thrown in as a special attention. In the midst of all the fever of excitement, Selfridges opened early Monday morning. Quite a crowd had collected about the doors, and several enterprising persons pushed and shoved in an effort to be the first to enter and purchase an article in the new establishment. A man secured the privilege by means of pushing and shoving more firmly and steadily than others. He went at once to the nearest department, which happened to be the haberdashery. He proudly bought one collar and then went home to tell his family and friends of his achievement. All day long, the crowd of men, women, and children filed through the new building. They were very orderly and quiet, though gravely critical. Hardly a purchase was made, though goods were studied intently. Hundreds of buyers from rival establishments were present and could be seen forming in groups the minute they got outside and discussing busily the merits and demerits of the new store. All the week the crowd has continued to survey the premises gravely and critically, and the question of the day is, have you been to the American shop? The feeling with which the average Londoner regards Selfridges is a very mixed one. There is some resentment at this latest form of the American invasion, displacing a new and very up-to-date store with American methods in the midst of a typically English shopping district like Oxford Street, where old-time establishments have reigned in dowdy content for years and years. There is amazement at the rapidity with which all the buildings on a whole block were pulled down to make room for the new establishment, which sprang up in less than a year after its first stone was laid. The vitalizing of English workmen to such an extent as to make them accomplish this is another cause for general surprise. A slight contempt for the very up-to-date methods of the new store, and a slight enjoyment that there should be much to perfect yet in the running of the new firm, are also to be noticed. And who can say that this mixture of feelings on the part of the Londoner born and bred is not natural? Selfridges is the American invasion in its most virulent form. A beautiful building in French Renaissance style of architecture that has been copied largely from the Palace of Fine Arts in Paris. All the very latest ideas for the comfort and convenience of customers are to be found there. There are a silence room, where the weary shopper can rest brain and body, a department for lost or strayed children, whose parents have been so busy looking about they had no time to watch wandering offspring, and a first aid room, where a nurse is in constant attendance in case of sudden illness. Special rooms for French, German, and colonial visitors, a post-telegraph office, and a fully organized steamship office so that one can engage a berth to any quarter of the globe in the midst of a shopping expedition are features. All this, too, is in the very center of little and big shops, which have gone along in the same way all their existences, with no thought of studying other methods to improve their own. If the new store had sprung up in other quarters of the city, where old-world methods have been laid by, and new ones are seized upon, the contrast would not have been so marked. But here it is really cruel, and one cannot be surprised at the touch of acidity with which the Oxford Street shopkeeper mentions his latest rival and presages doubtful success for his enterprise. Two or three quite original innovations which Mr. Selfridge has brought to Oxford Street will be watched by his rivals with great anxiety, and if they are successful, will no doubt be adopted without much loss of time. One is the doing away with that ubiquitous and troublesome person, 
the London shopwalker. In every establishment there are dozens of these suave, frock-coated gentlemen who walk up and down the aisles terrorizing any inattentive shop girl, and always at a customer's elbow, murmuring, "'Your next pleasure, madam?' The shopwalker has been regarded as an institution without which no shop could really run, and Mr. Selfridge's decision to do without any is startling to his neighbors. Then the shop windows of the new store are almost bare of goods. One gown, perhaps two, or a few yards of rare lace and a new pattern of veiling, that is all, in a street where the shop windows are so crowded with goods that a quick glance gives one the impression that most of the stock must be in the window. Lace hanging in festoons, yards and yards of it, artificial flowers, hair ornaments, imitation jewelry, sometimes with the labels borrowed from the French as Très Cher, Bon Marché, or again...